hello! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 199 of Geekditude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray is putting together his final final for this semester of his master's program. So he is, again, not going to be with us this morning, but that means that I get our guests all to myself. I want to welcome back to the show authors of Starship Therapies, Justine Mastin and Larissa Garski. How are you two doing this morning? Hi, Joe. Oh, it's so good to talk to you again. Yeah, I was been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely to be here. Always good to be back. Um, I know we're working with limited time today, so we're just going to jump right in. You guys have been very busy since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, how mm-hmm. did the book launch go, and how's everything going with that? Uh, the the book the book's doing great. Um, I oh, it's so exciting to see it out in the world. You know, if uh, friends at home, if you pick up a copy, please share a book selfie or a book pet <laughs> selfie if you don't want to show your own face. Um, it just it sparks so much joy for us to see them out in the world and in bookstores. I think I heard somebody that listens to the show actually found a copy in the library, which I know for a friend of mine who published wow. was like a huge thing was like, Oh, we we get a we get to look at my book in a library. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, that is really cool. I had no idea that we were in libraries. We are in libraries. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen one in a library yet, but we're there. We're legit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really fun to have people like reach out on all manner of social media, um, especially because we can't. I mean, at least for now, we can't do any kind of like live and in person sort of like book party or book signing. So it really, it means so much more, I think, than it it would have in some sort of like alternate timeline when people reach out and post and tag us. Um, it's, it's really nice. And it's really, it's really lovely to see how much the book is resonating with folks. Um, and people are sharing some really like very like thoughtful and resonant, like personal details and personal reactions. And so, yeah, it's really, really been nice to to hear and see how much something that we put so much of ourselves into has really been resonating and impactful for our readers who now get to hold it and read it and see it and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've been looking forward to it for quite a while. Um, we are going to talk about this a little bit later, but we are going to be launching a book club podcast we have not we have not named it yet but we are actually launching with your book and uh and for listeners of the geek to geek network um alinzia from the nerdberg review and mandy who you can hear on our actual play what is not um are going to be joining me and our first book is going to be starship therapy so if you want to jump in on that i think we're gonna be recording around the first week of june so Pick up your copy real quick so that we can, um, so you can listen to the episode when it comes out. Oh, I love that. That's just, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, we're, we're excited. And I've, I, I have to admit, I have not gotten all the way through it. <laughs> I've, I just. That's okay, Joe. There's like 300 pages. <laughs> the last, the last three weeks have been, um, our slowly rolling back out school for our kids. Um, Great. 
And so it's been it's been interesting, especially since as the new theater teacher, the principal just kind of shows up and says, oh, um, can you organize some icebreakers for 200 freshmen? <laughs> oh, my like, God. Sure. Totally. Can, you, can you do it by Monday? And it's now Thursday. Sure. I'll see if I can find kids in two days and get that set up for you. So, but it's been fun. It's been nice to be back in person with, you know, the few kids that have dared to return. But it's uh, starting to feel like being back at school on the regular, which is weird because, again, I've I just started at this job. So mm-hmm. I haven't been on campus until I, I was – well, we started three weeks ago, and that was my first time, or that was my third time on campus ever. Yeah, so that's not back to normal for you. <laughs> no, it's not back to normal for me at all. It's all trying to get it all figured out. God, but anyway, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's been. And then with the freshmen, the freshmen have never been on campus ever. So them coming on was quite the the challenge. They were all very, very nervous. And mm-hmm. it was kind of adorable as they're just kind of like looking around trying to get their bearings. I bet. This is giving me flashbacks to like trying to figure out how to like get into my locker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's I a remember terrible that. memory. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? <no. laughs> um have the two of you been able to do anything geeky recently, or have you just been kind of overwhelmed by book stuff? Uh I've been doing a bunch of geeky stuff. I don't know about you, Larissa. What have you been up to? Um, why don't you go first and let me see what I can come up with in my, in my, my brain here. Okay. Um, I, I'm doing a watch through of Rick and Morty, which is sparking a lot of joy for Larissa. Um, uh, I, as you're a teacher, you'll appreciate this. I just started, um, teaching a grad school class of baby therapists. So, yep. So I'm. I'm geeking out on marriage and family therapy with with these baby therapists, which is I probably similar to your feeling of the the freshmen getting their lockers. I'm like, look at you in your first role plays with a fake family. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then yesterday, um, which we're recording this on a Sunday, so I did this on a Saturday. Um, I was on a Wizard World panel about sex, love, and superheroes. I talked about uh, sex, love, and superheroes. We talked a lot about uh, why there aren't more queers in the multiverse, canonically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is there is there an actual reason for that? Uh, no, we just lamented. Why? Oh, just Why? okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to have like, well, you know, statistically speaking, and I was going to be like, oh, this is fascinating. No, no, it was just a bunch of us being like, why? Why aren't there more queers? <laughs> it's all about representation, people. Get them in there. That's right. Yeah. Or we'll no, make our own in our fanfic. Exactly. Right. I mean, they have lots of fanfic to draw from, you know, to just mm-hmm. read some and just you know, pop them on in, develop it. <laughs> okay, well, um, my geeky stuff. So I have been really enjoying, though I'm not teaching the grad school class, I'm really enjoying reviewing your PowerPoints every oh. weekend, Justine. That's I, I was worried that I was putting too much work on you. So no, 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 no. I love it. It's so much fun because it's it's a beautiful like integration of two worlds, mm-hmm. marriage and family therapy and fandom. So I'm all about it. Um, even though I did have Rihanna's, you can stand under my umbrella song. 
stuck in my head for for literal days. Um, yeah, well, what, what, my my slide that said you can stand under my postmodern umbrella because it's postmodern theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this is what my students get when they love it. They love it. I'm sure there's some students that are just like, "Wow, could you be a little bit less?" <laughs> oh, see, I like <laughs> they would not be the therapist for me. <laughs> if you can't if you can't enjoy a good pun or a good play on words, then I don't know that we're gonna jive very well. <laughs> no, and it's all puns all the time on your mm-hmm. PowerPoint, so gotta love it. Um and then I'm actually watching for the first time this old ABC TV series Once Upon a Time that oh. takes fairy tales and mashes them up with the with real life real world and it's very light it's very silly um i was super into fairy tales as a as a as a young sparkling so i've actually really enjoyed at the end of a long day just like being like what's what are snow white and prince charming up to look at those crazy, <laughs> crazy adult kids what are they doing <laughs> i think i made it through season three i think mm-hmm. I think that's as far as I got, but I, I should go and pick it back up because I really did love that series. Yeah. I didn't make it to Sebastian Stan showing up. So I'll be interested, Larissa, to see how far you get if you make it to to oh, I'm, I'm at I'm I'm at Sebastian. I'm like halfway oh. through season two. Um, did he show up that early? Do he I does. Sebastian, him? he shows up pretty pretty early. Um and I think he's doing I this might be an unpopular opinion. So just like, you know, that's my disclaimer right now. I, I've never been super wowed by what Sebastian Stan himself was doing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like he got sort of like <laughs> hemmed in. And I've really liked seeing him sort of like bust out of those like character confines. And he's doing some like really interesting things, I feel like, in Once Upon a Time. And I've so I found a, a brand new appreciation for him as an actor. Um, and I, it, it's made me like wish all over again that they would have just committed to Bucky Barnes being loud and proud and queer and bisexual because I yeah. think Sebastian would have brought so much to that interpretation of Bucky. Mm, we would have all appreciated that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have to say it's funny because I, I, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos where they show all the missed moments in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where the two could have just started kissing. Just at any <laughs> no. moment. Oh yeah, there's. A, I'll, I'll try and send it to you at some point. There's there's a video out there that's just like the guy's just angry. He's like, look at this right here, right here. They could have gone in for the kiss right there. <laughs> no, Larissa, have you have you read um, Fables? Fables is that that comic book series that they based a video game off of? Yes. Yes, I have. It's been like years ago now that I read it, but I remember really, really enjoying that and being so sad that because they were going to do a sequel to the video game. And and I think that company just like got bought out and it's, I don't think we're ever going to get a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they were going to do a TV series and then yes, Disney, right. Disney beat them to it with, with Once Upon a Time. They Once did. Upon- and I mean, and you can, you can totally see how Disney was just 
cribbing from fables shamelessly. <laughs> totally. Just <laughs> shameless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was. And it was uh, it was disappointing because that was when we would go to Comic-Con every year, that used to be the one that we wouldn't miss was would be the, the fables panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the, the writing was just so good on that book. It was. It was so thoughtful and engaging with these fairy tale archetypes and tropes in such interesting ways. Yeah. Well, that's but Disney's so good at that, right? Like Disney's really right. good at like taking things from other artists <laughs> and repackaging them. <laughs> and I don't think ever giving the original artist like monetary credit. No, no. But uh, no, I, I, and I'm, I'm one of those people. Like my two favorite properties ever are The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland, just because I've seen oh. so many creative things come out of them, where people are like, "Well, let's try this with that." that story. Well, let's try that with this story. And I love watching people take new takes on, on old stories. It's just, I love it. So yeah, absolutely love both of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we have been watching, I don't know if you guys have started it yet, but we're watching um, Jupiter's legacy. Mm, Haven't seen it. I don't, what is Jupiter's legacy? I it's feel so behind Netflix. the times. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix and it's a series about um, superheroes that they're not Marvel. They're not DC. I think they're an independent. They're like, there's an actual graphic novel that they're based on, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the family dynamic of these people who have had powers and oh yeah. Like this, yeah. The son is trying to live up to the father's code and the the daughter has completely rebelled, and the big conundrum is the the supervillains aren't playing nice anymore. And is this code still valid? Like the big the big thing is we don't kill. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and so you know all the younger superheroes are starting to question if this is. A, a code that lives up to modern times. It's very, very interesting. And I, I'm interested to go back and find the original source material because a yeah. uh, person on the network says it's a little bit different. And I'm interested to see what the differences are because it's, I find it fascinating. Yeah. That sounds like it would be a good watch for us, Larissa. It totally does. We're going to have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Joe. We always get such wonderful nuggets from our time together. <laughs> Same. Like I always get such wonderful little like recommendations and stuff. I I always have my paper ready to write down all my notes <laughs> on what you guys are recommending. All right. Um, because we're working on a limited time schedule, I'm going to hop over to the commercial and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about the book. And I I have to ask you some questions from a therapist's point of view right. on WandaVision. Because I've got, I've got questions. <laughs> Great. It's one of our favorite topics. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back, and we are, it is finally here. The book is out. We've talked about it a couple of times, but Starship Therapies is available for purchase. And if mm-hmm. you haven't purchased it yet, how come? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> yeah. It's anywhere you can find it. Just log on, order a copy. <laughs> I have to say, like, last night, my husband came in, I was in bed, and he came in to, you know, get something out of the closet or something, mm-hmm. and I just started laughing and he goes, what are you reading? And I'm like, Starship Therapies finally came out. And I forget what it was. I think it was some, <laughs> it was some aside where you were something, it was something like, maybe you're feeling this or that or bored. And then in, in parentheses, <laughs> we're sorry for that. <laughs> I just like, it is such a joy to read. Like everything about it. Just, I smile the entire way through. Oh, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. it is just a, a great, like, your personalities definitely come through the pages. And what makes you guys so much fun to talk to on the podcast, I think it translates really well into what makes it so much fun to read your your book, because it is very, um, there is a little honey there, there's a lot of um, kind of just playfulness and it is just considering you you're you're dealing with very serious topics the fact that you could find that fun in it is just commendable it's awesome yeah i mean this is this is how larissa and i work you know if you were our client this is this is what you get and we we definitely had to find a good balance though um because you know our our first our first draft of the book was like all snark all day. <laughs> it was it was very big. It was, it was like so we were trying to like project, I don't know, to like the rafters of a theater house. And our editor, Shana, very kindly was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Could you like take it down by like 10? <laughs> it was like, you're at a you're at a 12. I need you at like a four. <laughs> Which, thank goodness, we had Shayna because I think the finished product is—you still get that flavor of what it would be like to be in the room with us, but mm-hmm. it's not overwhelming. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, um, with everything that has come out, um, I think when when we talked about it, you, you definitely said this at some point on one of our previous shows, but I don't think I cued into the fact that this is very much, and I, I, I hesitate to say it this way because I feel like there's a connotation to this phrase, but mm-hmm. it is definitely self-help. Like it's mm-hmm. it's something that you work through as opposed to just informational. And I was kind of, I don't want to say surprised. I think I was reminded of it as I started. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think they mentioned that it is something that you can kind of participate in as opposed to just read or experience. Um, did I know, Obviously, you did that on purpose, but can you talk to me a little bit more about the decision behind that? Larissa? Yeah, I was only pausing because I was like, when did you and I make this decision to have it be more self-help 
Because I think, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, Justine, but I want to say when we first got this idea, like all the way back in like 2017, Mm -hmm. initially, I think we were like, let's have it be a little bit more academic. Let's have it that like we're writing it for clinicians so that we can like teach them basically how to have how to do therapeutic fan fiction, how to have fun in session while also obviously doing the healing of therapy. Well, we Um, wanted to do both. mm -hmm. uh, Like everything, we went too big, Mm -hmm. (laughs) too fast, too furious. Um, (laughs) Wow. I didn't think you were going to quote that fandom, but you did. And I like it. Here we are. (laughs) Um, Right. We wanted it to be a book that a clinician could pick up and understand and a book that a layperson could pick up and understand, which just I bless our our sweet summer souls. Uh. Right. Back in 2017, we were so young then. We had no idea what was in store for us <laughs> or for our first chapter that we rewrote, God, hundreds of times. <laughs> Yeah, so I I I agree. I'm not sure at what point we realized that like th- that's this is a dream. This is a dream that we're having and this is an unrealistic dream and decided, you know, we can't be everything to everyone and what do we really want to do? What's the population we want to serve? Mm-hmm. And we decided, well, we you know, therapists have resources and therapists can still read the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we want a book for for everyday folks to read and understand. Yeah. And I think we also really wanted, once we once we had settled in on, okay, this is going to be solidly self-help, mm-hmm. it was very important to us that it was, that it didn't make what we feel like are the mistakes of self-help, that it mm-hmm. wasn't overly preachy or overly didactic or, you know, like boring. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted it to be fun and funny and whimsical mm-hmm. and still be like teaching folks things if that's what they were interested in and inviting and encouraging them to like practice new skills and techniques. Um, but we wanted to do it in a way that felt enjoyable and that also really kind of like baked into it was questioning the status quo. Um, mm-hmm. cause it definitely like within like in terms of wellness, Often the experience that I've had with self-help and wellness is that it can be very consumerist, I guess is maybe the word I'm looking for here. Mm -hmm, And we didn't want the book to feel like that. Well, mission accomplished because it it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't feel like you're preaching at it or it feels like you're, you're sharing something. You're like, Hey, this is, this is something that we've recognized and maybe you'll find it helpful. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a very refreshing kind of take. Although there are times where I'm like, I see myself in this picture and I don't like it. Um, but I think that's anybody who's going to be reading this should be, should be zeroing in on something that's like, um, yep, that's me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe right, I should yep. read this chapter again. Oh, I, I feel discomfort. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which discomfort isn't bad. Discomfort's how we change. So, you know, if you're reading and you encounter something, you're like, oh, that's a little uncomfortable. It's just an invitation to pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 your body, your mind going, um, this is something you need to address maybe here. Just mm-hmm. just just highlighting myself right here. <laughs> right. And I t- what I say to clients many times when they bump up against discomfort is this isn't a stick with which to beat yourself. This mm-hmm. is a, a mirror to look into. And and then you get to decide what to do with that. If you look into the mirror and you're like, mm, nope, I don't want to look at that anymore, oh, that's fine, put the mirror down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, and I know you had mentioned um, this in a previous uh, episode we we recorded, but it's something. I, I think it's something that's so important for people to really remember to externalize. Like you have a whole section on externalizing and why that's important and why it's not. You know, you are not your depression, you are not your anxiety. Those are things that mm-hmm. you are working with or dealing with, but you know, you do not become that. And I think it's such a, an important aspect, uh, you know, that, that chapter, I was just reading that chapter and I thought, you know, I know we've talked about this, but I think this really breaks it down for as to why. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was very, um, just enlightening. I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I cannot wait to talk about it with Mandy and, Alenzia, uh, and they're both very excited about it too. We've we've already got a document um, with notes going oh, because oh, I Ma- love that Mandy is the queen <laughs> of research, and so she has just like she's like I've got a document going. <laughs> where, where I'm just like I'm going to highlight this. This is a great quote. I'm going to highlight this, and then I open her face. It's like wow, <laughs> it's going to be a three hour episode. <laughs> oh, that actually that sparks so much joy for me. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. yeah. No, we. I, I. I. And there's there's parts where like I want us all to talk about um, what our anxiety avatars are. Like yes. I feel like that has to be part of the discussion of the book club because yes. everybody's going to have one. So yeah, we're we're definitely. I know we're all enjoying it, and uh, and I highly recommend. Like if if it isn't obvious enough, <laughs> because we've <laughs> talked about this over multiple episodes. <laughs> This is a really good book, and you guys should pick it up. Um, moving a little bit away from the book, yeah, you had mentioned this when the last time you had said you you, you wanted to come on, you you had talked to me uh, or mentioned uh, Wandavision, and since we basically, I think, as a Geekitude community, got obsessed, all of a sudden <laughs> our our Slack channel was blowing up and people who hadn't said anything, but had listened for years were like, I have to say something about this show. So when you said that you were interested in talking about WandaVision, I was like, um, yes, please. Because she's got, <laughs> she's got some things going on. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're watching this, what were some of your first thoughts? Were you able to enjoy it as a fan or did the, the clinician come kind of click in? <laughs> Uh, I had a really hard time. In, oh, sorry, Justine. No, I had a really okay. hard time enjoying it as a fan. I love a fan. <laughs> I, I know you. I know you did. <laughs> but I had a really hard time not wanting to like just like invite Wanda into the therapy room <laughs> and be like, Wanda, I'm here for you. Let's let's talk through some things together, um, because. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen did such an amazing job of giving such a beautifully layered performance. And it was so nice to see her and Wanda finally get, I feel like the time in the story that as, as a fan, I've always wanted to see her and that character get. Um, But she, she delivered such a multi-layered performance that, yeah, I had a very hard time turning off the clinician in me and just enjoying the show. It was, I, I really it was very hard. I wanted to like, yeah, get her in the therapy room and be like, let's do some work together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, it's interesting to hear you say that because I think if the show had been set up differently, I would have had the same reaction, but because we get invited in 
to this like fanfic 1950s vibe, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm all in. I'm all in on on the 1950s fanfic Wanda. And as we start to learn more about what's going on, then more of my my therapist spidey senses <laughs> started tingling. And I was like, oh, we're taking over people's bodies without their consent. Uh, we're <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, oh, I don't like that. Um, and it, what I thought this show did such a beautiful job of, which I am certainly not the per- first person to notice, is is the way that it dealt with grief mm-hmm. and and the stages of grief um including the you know there there are five recognized stages of the kubler ross uh grief model model um but n- now there's evidence that there's a there's a sixth stage which is meaning making mm. and i you know Larissa and i talked about this on our podcast and i was like we yeah. didn't get to meaning making but we were talking about it i was like we did get to meaning making and you mean on, on our podcast or on the show itself on your and my podcast, we talked okay. about how they didn't get to meaning making, or I said they didn't get to meaning making. You said they did, and you changed my mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one that I think I think a lot of people are um, are familiar with the stages of grief, but mm-hmm. uh, in fact, my we because we can't do a show in person. My students just wrote their own show, which I have to give props to them because um, we did it. We devised the show as opposed to just write it. And what that is, is basically you write through consensus. So there's no voting. There's no person taking charge. I mean, sometimes people would take charge, but then we read through it and make sure everybody was okay with it before we moved on. And for teenagers, freshmen through seniors to devise, it was probably going to be a 20 to 30 minute play. Mm. Um, I was very, I was very proud of them because they, I have never had a group of students be able to devise this smoothly before. Mm -hmm. But at one point, the, one of the kids said, well, I think this character should go through the five stages of grief, but should go through mm-hmm. really fast. <laughs> like, like just very quickly so that we touch upon each of them. And so if I'm trying to remember the order, but it is denial. Is that the mm-hmm. first one? Mm-hmm. Then anger. Bargaining. Bargaining. Mm-hmm. Then anger. Then depression. Then acceptance. Yes. And I want to say that like, n- Newer research also has really been kind of hitting home this idea that you don't have to move through them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. That and people we often, and we don't <laughs> as human beings, like we move, it's very messy. We cycle through. Sometimes we hang out in one stage or we often hang out in one stage longer than some of the others. Um, there's usually one that like resonates more with one person than another. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if your students want to see a great example of that speed going through the stages of grief. Um, the the television show from the early 2000s called The OC. Oh, okay. Has, has an episode. Oh it's in God, a book. That's right. Um, has an episode called Metamorphosis in which Summer Roberts goes to see a therapist and she cycles through all five stages of grief within one therapy session. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the, the students who suggested it sent me a, a clip from Robot Chicken. I don't know if you've ever watched that. Oh, wow. Not in a long time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the giraffe who's stuck in the quicksand. And as he's sinking in the quicksand, he goes through all five stages, like right there. <laughs> and just as he's like accepted it, he hits bottom and his head's just sticking out. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Really well, and hit. this shows how how resonant the Kubler-Ross model is. And it, it's not the only way to look at grief, but it's that's no. just been so resonant for people. Right, right. So you were bringing up the sixth, which is finding meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where, you know, Larissa, you said that mm. um, you thought that she did find meaning and how, how, because I think I probably could identify the other five, but I, I kind of agree with Justine's mm-hmm. initial thought that maybe not so much. I mean, I think w- one could argue, and I want to say I, I did on our podcast <laughs> that the, 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 the hex world that Wanda creates is her attempting to create from that place of profound grief and loss and pain and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, I mean, the more I sat with it, the more I, I've, the more I found that is useful in that interpretation, because I think sometimes, especially as a clinician, when I'm thinking about grief and working with a client, I can come at it from this from a, an assumption of that it's going to be a positive experience or that what someone is going to create from grief is grief is going to be positive or healthy or functional. And that's simply not always the case. Mm-hmm. And what Wanda creates in her hex universe or her hex city is wildly problematic and in some ways does continue to perpetuate the cycle of grief to a certain extent and it's also an attempt at creation. It's an it's an attempt at meaning making. Um, I don't remember like the exact quote, but she has that really lovely line at the end in the final episode where she tries to explain to Vision where Vision came from. That Vision was both and I, oh, on the um, podcast at least, Justine, you helped me here. So can you help me again? <laughs> yeah, uh, you you are the part of the. Um, life stone that lives in or my you're you are the part of the mind stone that lives in me you are my sadness and my pain you are um you're my hope and most of all you are my love yeah is close enough it's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) to what she's saying that she created him from that place of love and loss and pain and so Mm -hmm. i mean and i i think it's i mean who knows they have that like wink wink cutscene at the end where she's sort of in quarantine, but also has that, has the grimoire that she's pouring over to try and like get maybe her family back. So there's another kind of attempt that she's making at creation and meaning making. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that it's very complicated that it's not, it's, it's not that like when she goes to create something, it's wholly positive. It's that it is messy in both end. Yeah, you have to give them major credit for for going down this direction with the character because when they first introduced Wanda, I she's always been one of my absolute favorite characters in the comics, and she yeah. she has all sorts. I mean, there's an entire series about her psychotic break and mm-hmm. House of M. It, yeah, and the fact that they're willing to actually explore that to me is amazing. It tells you how committed. Marvel is to 
giving these characters their stories. I, I would like if you if you told me twenty years ago that we were ever going to see this kind of material on on these characters, I would have thought you were crazy because <laughs> we got. I mean, I remember getting the X-Men and being like, Oh my God, this is like the best comic book movie ever. And at the time it was, <laughs> it was at the time looking yeah, back, but, it's like, Whoa, no, but yeah, <laughs> so many problems with this, but you know, like I feel like with this character, especially, I think there's two characters that writers have just done horrible, horrible things to in the comics. Yeah. And that's um, Wanda and then Carol Danvers. And they've kind of skipped over of all of Cam- Carol, Carol Dan- Danvers' stuff uh, because it does get very, very complicated and dark. But mm-hmm. I was very happy that they did embrace Wanda's simply because I think it, it's not fair to the character not to yeah. pay tribute to that. I totally agree. And I think they did a really nice job in this version of telling the story of Wanda of avoiding the pitfalls of the hysterical woman trope. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, is, you know, like some versions of the comics do a better job than others, but I think about, especially I'm thinking of a couple of the comics that kind of set up house of M there is this focus on like Wanda being just out of control and overly emotional and just mm-hmm. unstable to the point that then, you know, Magneto and Charles Xavier have to come in and kind of like handle or manage the situation Bro. and right. And they didn't mm-hmm. do that in this this version of the story for the for the TV show and I really really loved that they let it be about Wanda and her pain and her story and that she got to be a fully actualized being feeling things and making choices and living with the consequences of those choices but at no point was some large strong man coming in being like well Wanda just sit down and let me tell you how things are right no I superman's plane a- <laughs> superman's plane <laughs> It's a DC uh, Marvel mashup. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst character ever. We'll, please don't ever anybody write a Superman explain that. That's a Actually, bad. I think that's, that's amazing character. as a villain. <laughs> oh, as a villain, yes, absolutely. My yeah. my fear would be somebody would try and make that the hero. <laughs> no, know. you know, you're like you're in one of those classic. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this is a occupational hazard. I talk too much. <clears throat> Um, you know, one of those classic tropes where you're like tied to a pipe or something, and he's like, and now I will explain to you <laughs> physics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you a bunch of videos after this because uh somebody posted on one of our Discords um a commercial for correctile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, and and uh I think the I think the pill was called Can You Just Not? um okay so so any other thoughts i know it sounds like we need to go to your podcast to get the full wanda treatment but any any other thoughts on how um how they handled mental illness in wandavision i i i loved the way they did it um and i Honestly, can't remember if I talked about this on our podcast or on, I, I was on another panel <laughs> about WandaVision um, for Wizard World. <clears throat> I was talking a whole bunch about WandaVision. Um, what I loved is that this is so true to real life. Like sometimes when we're hurting, we hurt others. 
Mm-hmm. And we don't mean to, it's unintentional. We're just so wrapped up in our own pain mm-hmm. that we just, we can't see outside of ourselves and we can wind up being mindless and thereby hurting other people. <clears throat> and it's not malicious, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's the idea of like benign neglect. It's like be- <laughs> ben- benign benign pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Wanda it was just in so much pain that she erupted in this fan fiction world mm-hmm. and just so badly wanted to live in that. You know, we want mm-hmm. we want to revisit the stories that are meaningful to us when we're in pain. And she had the ability to to do that through creation and any of us who could probably would. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we could relate to it. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Justine, because I do think the show does a really lovely job of inviting us to sit in this discomfort, the discomfort of the, the damage and real hurt that Wanda causes um, so many others who are caught in her hex world and that initially absolutely she's not doing this on purpose it's not malicious it's not deliberate cruelty and yet as the show goes on there are there's questions about at what point does she start to realize and and then at what point does she continue forward with what she's done because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose the family that she's created and i really appreciated that the show doesn't it doesn't get into any type of polarization, like it doesn't try to overly shame Wanda, nor do I think it does it try to like completely exonerate her from the pain that she's caused. I think it invites her and us as viewers and co-creators of the story to really sit in the discomfort of it is possible for someone to, from a place of profound pain, do things that cause pain on others and still be a worthwhile human and still mm-hmm. be compassionate and worthy of compassion. Um, this idea of a black and white or polarized villain in, in real life and now in the Marvel canon, it just doesn't really hold up. Yeah. Right. Oh, and I'm so glad you said that. This is a, you know, mutual admiration society we've got going. Um, <laughs> because I, I very much dislike the idea of, of good and evil. Because mm-hmm. it it takes all of the the agency and and the social shaping out of it, mm-hmm. right? Like villains become villains from a place. Yeah, and I I know some people don't like that. They just you know they want they want there to be actual evil because then you can just you know fight it and not feel bad about it. But that's that's not real. You know, even even the worst people in the real world got that way because of the family they grew up in and the society they grew up in and the messages they were taught. And it, I think if if we're able to give ourselves permission for that nuance, it makes stories so much more interesting. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think I think they started to see that with um, with 
Wilson Fisk in the Daredevil series where mm, they're like, if yes. we really, like, if we don't just, if we don't just say, oh, mm-hmm. bad guy, and we actually give him his own story arc, it's so much more tragic and it's so much mm-hmm. more compelling to watch because you, you don't want him to win, no. but you feel bad when he loses. You do. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Joe. I love that storyline. That first season arc of the Daredevil series. Oh, chef's kiss. It gives me shivers right now just to even think about it. They did such a great job with that character. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as that, you know, they, you know, maybe not as successfully, but there was a hint of that in Thanos. And I think moving forward they're they, they have been, they, they've earned the right to add that nuance into their characters. Like they've proven that they can do it. So now they don't have to, they don't have to be tiptoeing around it. They, they can just kind of say, no, this is, this is the character we're creating and you're going to like the story. So just be patient. <laughs> I love it. They're like, go, just stay with me here. Trust, trust me. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like that's what they did through the entire series. Like people are like, "What is this?" <laughs> and we're just like, "Just, just hold on, just hold on." And it went. For, I know at least for us both, Ray and I were like, "Uh, I don't know. This is not. This is not our Marvel. We're not used to this." And then, uh, you know, episode four hits, and we kind of saw what they were doing with it, and we're like, "Oh my god, yes!" And <laughs> it was this huge like. <laughs> I, I've said to Rayon multiple times, like he'll bring up something, and I'm like, "It's it's Marvel, dude. Just just go with it. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna let it pay off later." <laughs> I know one of the things that he talked about. Have you guys also watched through um, Falcon Winter Soldier? Oh yeah. Um, Larissa, have th- you not? I'm like I'm 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 like early days in it, but I'm okay to get spoiled. It's it's not a it's not a major spoiler. It's just kind of like a, a character. Thing. I had to like I had to, I genuinely had to take an emotional break. After Wandaverse, like that was, there was so much there that mm-hmm. I was just like, I need to, I need to take five and just sit in the fairy tale world of Once Upon a Time. So oh. I'm gonna wait, make my way back. <laughs> I just wanted all the Bucky Barnes. I was like, give me every Bucky Barnes you have. Well, Bucky really, I mean, Bucky does some things for you. He <laughs> <laughs> really does. I didn't, I didn't see it until this series, and then I'm like, yeah, I can hang with. Uh, I, I see the appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but one of the things that Ray was constantly bringing up was like, it's called the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When are we going to get more Sam? And there were, there were moments with Sam that he was front and forward, but he didn't really shine. And I was like, but do you, do you notice how every time somebody's talking, they cut to Sam and they show him watching and they show him kind of taking it all in and I'm like, by the end, he's going to have this big reveal mm-hmm. of his character that mm-hmm. like, we don't, we don't get slow burn characters. We always get kind of on the surface. This is who I am. Now we can move on with the story. And I was just like, just like, I see what Marvel's doing. They're just building him up and to have this character that's sitting back and watching all the stuff that's going on before he makes his decision to act, mm-hmm. I thought it was like, you, you just never see that in, in stories anymore. Yeah. Oh, they did such a beautiful job with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Of like, I, I went on the record saying that I wish there had been a couple more episodes so mm-hmm. that we could have had a little bit more resolution on, on Bucky's side. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really did want to see him make authentic amends and how that was received. 
we got to see him make the amends, but we don't get to see how it's received. Um, Because often amends are not received well. Right, right. And I thought there was a real great opportunity. You know, they hinted to it. He's looking through the window at at his former friend. Um, And you can kind of tell like that relationship is over. But I would have liked to see more of that interaction. But um, the way that they kept this so timely and, Mm. you know, didn't shy away from systemic racism and intergenerational racism, man, that I was, I was very pleased with, with Marvel slash Disney for, for going there. Yeah. I I think they're going to such great places. And I think Mm I, 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 one of the things that I, I like about what they're doing with these TV series is we don't really have a resolution for Wanda. We don't really have a resolution for Bucky, mm-hmm. but it keeps it open for them to explore it later. And, yeah. and I think that's very realistic. I don't think that there's like our lives don't end after 45 minutes to an hour. Like, like our, <laughs> our, our stories don't just resolve themselves yeah. neatly in, in the time that the episode takes, like you, you're mm-hmm. constantly dealing with those things. And the fact that they're letting their characters kind of live in this unknown and this constant journey of their story, I think is really, really great. I agree. And I think it's a really nice callback to where so many of these characters started, which is in the world of comics and comic books mm-hmm. um, where you, I mean, that's it's comics are all about these like long multi issues and cross arcs and, and it, it does, it both makes it feel far more true to life where there it's rare to have an ending mm-hmm. um, that's all tied up in a bow. Um, so it, it is, it's really it's both speaking, I think, more to our lived experience as human beings, and it's a nice callback and throwback to the comics, which I'm a fan of, because as a little kid, I definitely was super into Marvel comics and did that, like, cliche thing of, like, biking to, like, my local, like, gas station store to, like, wait and see if the next X-Men was out. So, I really love that by going into the medium of television, they're able to bring back some of that more kind of, like, long arc storytelling again that feels really familiar and nice yeah they've done they've done such a great job i've i've used when i was teaching english i was i my last year i actually used um the the story arc of the like we didn't show all 23 movies obviously not time although that would have been (laughs) wonderful but you know we showed a little bit of the of captain america and iron man one and then we show a little bit of endgame and how over these 23 Mm. movies these characters have this complete arc and how it is they have basically succeeded in replicating the genre of comic book yeah in a cinematic form because not only are we like waiting for the next issue to come out, but we're having these comic book discussions with each other that only the, the geekiest of the geeks that would go (laughs) and brave the, the comic book stores would have. We're, we're now having them on social media and on podcasts and just everybody is talking about what's happening next. I think it's just kind of an amazing social cultural phenomenon right now. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, well, it sounds like 
we're going to send people over to Starship Therapies to listen to the WandaVision episode in depth because I, I have a feeling there are two. Yeah, we can't, yeah, can't do it in There's one. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, so check those out for the full deep dive. And mm-hmm. also a lot of people have been recommending, and I'm going to get it wrong. I want to say that it's um, Kevin Smith's podcast. Um, where he interviews the director of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so that's homework for you. Let's see. All right. Rob. Uh, Yeah. Fat Man Beyond. This is, this is from Rob, uh, our our friend Rob from uh, sometimes Rob. Uh, Fat Man Beyond has a terrific interview with the showrunner from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Dude does not pull his punches when talking about, his career in Hollywood and how hard it was to come to terms with the Marvel system, but then how great it was once he embraced it. Also that his pitch for the show was almost entirely different. And when asked by Mark, how black it was in terms of its content relative to a black man becoming cap said his original pitch was 90% black. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Still not done with the interview, but it's pretty great so far. So, and I, I guess the showrunner is also, black so oh, that was nice I, all right I it's going on the list yeah it's got to go on the list gems yeah so um any shout outs for this week i'm gonna shout out our our editor shana keels thanks Aww. thanks for being awesome shana yes thank you shana for for <laughs> editing this amazing book because it's just a joy to read um i want to send a quick shout out to all the people who've been talking on our Geekitude Slack channel. It is so much fun to talk to you. And I want to remind you that this is episode 199, which means that next week is episode 200. Bye-bye. Yay. We level level up. Uh, So if you have anything you want to say to us, if you want to send in audio, I know a couple people have already said that they're going to, uh, feel free to do that. If you have questions you would like Ray and I to answer on the show, please send us that. If you have ideas for segments you'd like to see. Uh, Rob has said a couple of things that he'd like to to hear or have us address. Um, I think I'm going to have uh, one, one of the things Rob suggested was a uh, a message from my husband to see what it's like to be a podcast widow. So uh, we'll throw that in. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, anything you guys want to like, this is, this is all the stuff you want us to throw in there. You let us know and we'll get it on there. So send us a text or talk to us in Slack, whatever you want. We're, we're here to please. And uh, we're very excited to just kind of have a fun and try and make it very party esque for, for show 200. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out our other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob as the dice roll and mating habits of the modern geek. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. 
please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh, Justina and Larissa, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mind Body Fandom because I take a holistic approach, mind, body, and fandom. You can also find me at my website, blueboxcounseling.com. And you can find me at our website, starshiptherapies.com. You can find both of us, well, you can find both of us on our website, of course, and both of us on Instagram. Starship underscore therapize. You did it. And therapize has an S just like the enterprise. Absolutely. And then if you want to find me on Twitter and see cute pictures of wolves and hear my late night thoughts about the Dragon Age video game (laughs) and my sadness (laughs) that like, I don't know if Dragon Age 4 is ever going to come out, then you can find me on Twitter at Spox All Ears. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much again for coming on the show. We just love it when you are able to talk with us and you've given us lots to listen to and uh, even more to read. And I cannot wait until we can talk about this on our, uh, the premiere of our yet to be named book club. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are so honored to be the first book to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank of you. course. Of course. For all of you listening out there, go check out all this stuff and remember to keep it geek.